When I first met Phil Jackson at a gallery opening at 71 Green Street, we were both in the corner at the bookshelf. I was hiding from the Warhol cast-top performance and party small talk. Bookshelf examination is a useful habit. You avoid conversation and can learn something about the people who live there. Seeing Phil do this too, I thought, aha, a hot kindred spirit. Phil asked me if I was Josie Blass, which is always flattering. He was familiar with my work, he said, and he was an artist too. What kind of artist, I'd asked. I'm a six-foot-tall painter, so I try to meet all eligible artists across all mediums that are 5'11 and up. He chuckled and pretended to study a copy of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance he randomly pulled off the shelf. Well, um, I try not to label what I do, but I call it a mix of poetry and performance art. What kind of performance art? Have you done any shows recently? My work is boring, he said. I smelled his false modesty and incense-heavy B.O. I didn't hate it. But this? Have you read this? It's fantastic. Huh. He wasn't pretending to study the copy of Zen after all. Phil's big glasses and crazy coat hanger shoulders were cute, so I feigned interest in motorcycles and Buddhism to keep going. And so the night progressed. Drink after drink, with conversation touches on my knee on a dirty and expensive orange sofa. Talking about our favorite artists and trips we'd been on to look at architecture and the skylines. Puglia, Santa Fe, Chicago. Showing off. Our favorite comedians. Jazz clubs were regulars. You haven't tried sushi, Phil, really? Getting vulnerable. Me growing up at a fancy boarding school in New England and hardly knowing my parents. His family so evangelical that they treated his injuries with olive oil and prayer. I'll admit it, I was deeply impressed by how much he knew. The way our conversation could go back and forth so easily between the everyday and the deep shit. And by his low, almost growly voice. He explained it was because he'd been elbowed in the throat recently by another player. Whatever. I liked it. We escalated into the playful but jabbing disagreements part of flirtation, like not getting the lyrics right when Benny and the Jets came on the radio. I kept messing up the lyrics on purpose, and at a certain point he clamped his hand over my mouth to shut me up. In response, I bit his finger. He reached over and bit my neck, hard. Then he stayed there and whispered in my ear, It's going to feel really good to fuck someone like me. My place or yours, I whispered back, trying to sound sexy. I thought, someone like me? Ew. But also, his place, his place, his place, his place. My apartment was filthy and my work was stalled. Our conversations about being artists kept reminding me of that. I'd been stuck in a rut on a collage with Polaroids layered on top of newspapers that I'd paint ink on top of. A totem of shadowy men. It was about Nixon, obviously. To stall this week, I dumped all my clothes onto the floor and sold about half on consignment off the 86th Street stop. I tried to reupholster a chair, and I reorganized my filing cabinets full of reference images. Bigger picture. In the early 70s, I was creatively blocked. No topics had captured my imagination in a long time, and I was still living off my grant and reputation. Man, charisma and looks. Everyone could see through me, even Phil, who was new to the scene. Which must be why... How about mine, right now? Phil asked, still in my ear. Phew. Phil lived a brief and gropey cab ride away above an auto garage in Chelsea. As soon as he unlocked the door, he took off his pants and his shirt and left them in his personal hallway. He wore no underwear. On my knees, I checked out Phil, huge, and then his apartment, also huge. There were stacks and stacks of books, of course, a few scattered religious altars in separate corners, a sign stolen from a Times Square nude fortune teller, 
nice leather jackets on racks, and trophies? A heaping pile of dirty Knicks uniforms? Phil, are you a New York Nick? I laughed, thinking it was just a performance costume. Well, yeah, I thought everyone knew that. Phil got down on the ground and kissed his way down my stomach, checking all the boxes. My mind was elsewhere, though. Through a haze of champagne and speed, I reviewed some things he said to me, like, I try not to label what I do. Oh, you have to go to White Sands, though. My work is boring. It's going to feel so good to fuck someone like me. Phil spat in his hand and stuck his impressive, deeply flawed cock inside me. I was totally in my head, not present, not zen, but getting the beginnings of a new idea. The next day, I'd go back to oils. What the hell? I'll just leave my Polaroid here with Phil. I'd start a new series, what I think of when we're having sex. It ended up being the work that's in the Brooklyn Museum today. Blah, 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 blah. But back in the moment, I said to Phil, I want to get on top of you. I pulled in his chest hair as I looked down on him. What was he thinking about? No idea. But since we probably wouldn't ever fuck again, I pinched his nipples so hard he yelped and shoved his yellowing pillow over his face as he came. He seemed to like it. I guess it was nice to fuck someone like me. As we laid in bed after, I could tell Phil wanted to go to sleep, but I had to settle this was going to be a repeat performance. I said, you know, basketball isn't performance art, right? I may have abused the phrase performance art to get your attention, yes, said Phil, drawing me close to him, but it worked. I was spooned in his giant arms, trapped with his beard pressing into my back. Yeah, but as an artist, it feels a little glib that you'd exaggerate. I mean, it's not performance art like you'd see at a gallery, but basketball definitely is an art. All pro sports are. You can't argue with that. Um, yes, I could. I didn't devote my days and thoughts to artists and identity some athlete could try on like a vintage suit. I turned around and faced him. Art's about creation and self-expression and boundaries. My life's work is to help people question their assumed truth. I throw away paintings because they don't push enough. And yeah, basketball is great. It connects you to your body. It brings people together. But it's not art. Basketball doesn't shake up the status quo or change people's minds. Phil stopped cuddling me right after I said boundaries and listened with, I assume, the presence that his Zen training provided. But I watched his face turn from charming, sweet, hippie Lothario Phil to something contemptuous and mean. How many lives have you changed, Josie? I've won championships. I've changed fans' lives. I'll give people something to look forward to. I'm changing things, okay? Sure, but... And then there's when we play. With basketball, we can take whatever miserable shit happened in our childhood or in our day and pack it in a box. We can leave it behind and use our bodies and minds to fix ourselves in a moment on the court. Can art do that? Uh, when you say pack, look, Josie, my life was hard, is hard, and basketball gives it purpose. The act of playing, it's sacred. It's an art. And it's sacred for the players and fans, and I wouldn't expect some ivory tower East Coast princess like you to understand it. Yeah, the healing universality of basketball seemed to be really important to him. He didn't want to budge. I took my leather jacket and flannel, an outfit laughably similar to the one Phil was wearing I recognize now, and walked home around 5 a.m. The street smelled overpoweringly like bodega's batch cooking bacon. I started working on what I think about when we're having sex a few hours later. I wish I could say that I didn't sleep with a guy like Phil again. I assume he didn't sleep with another woman like me. <laughs>